0: yippee-ki-yay mother
1: welcome
2: to the party pal
3: welcome to yippee-ki-yay mother podcast round robin edition i'm ralph quattrucci i'm sean paul murphy
2: i'm deborah
1: murphy i'm john quattrucci reporting for duty i'm chris coker
3: and we have a special guest sean why don't you introduce our guest he's been on before but introduce him again
4: it's our son-in-law Eric Hicks, back for a second episode, and he actually picked the subject. as he was signing off last time, he goes, "Hey, if you ever do World War II films, I'd love to come back." he's a He's a big student of World War II. In fact, he has gone to Normandy a couple times, and not just because he was in France and visited. He went specifically to oh. see the battlefields.
1: That's a bucket um, list for me. I'd love to do that. Not only a
3: professional football player, but a World War II Oh, oh you're going you're to
1: you're bring up the Chiefs now, Ralph. Might as well do, throw it out there. The no,
3: team. just so we have a professional Jeez. football football player on the team. i yeah, on
5: on so. time has passed since the AFC championship. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's right. And I'm
3: sure he's thrilled to be on with all of us, this ragtag group of whatever we are. So here we go. All right, so yes, a round robin, as we all know, is we each bring a film or one film we want to talk about you might throw a couple others out there just to get some things going so uh eric since you're our guest and you picked the subject why don't you tell us the film you brought and uh we'll get
5: it going all right i picked the movie uh fury it's a world war ii era tank movie and it's about the uh final push into germany at the end of the second world war it's a very got a very good cast the story is excellent the action is excellent and um I like Brad Pitt as an actor so and he's a, he's the main character. Who well, well, doesn't
3: like Brad
1: Pitt? Well, Ralph Eric, Ralph really likes Brad Pitt. Yeah, I got a huge
3: I got a huge man crush on that guy. Yeah. Um, this film is very gritty, right? David Ayer's gritty. directed this. David Ayers, Ayer's directed, right? Very gritty. Sh- Shia LaBeouf actually pulled his own tooth out. <laughs> Went and method on this one? Became a Christian. Became a Christian, became yeah, a Christian yeah. out of this film. Um, it's it's a good film. I, I saw. I don't know if anybody else has seen it. I have seen this one. I've
4: seen it. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's There's really some, great
3: because, because of you the haven't. T- I'm sorry. Say that again, Sean.
4: It's really great because um, if you really want to understand a tank crew, yeah,
0: because
4: it's really authentic equipment, and you really see like what tank battles were like. You know, how the shells went, how they went right through the tanks and everything. You know, it's, it's a really terrific film. It had some really tense scenes, like when they're in that town and you don't, and Brad Pitt and I forgot who else was with them go up to kind of force themselves into a, that woman's apartment and you don't know whether they're going to take advantage of the women or not.
5: Yeah, Norm- yeah, He went up there with Norman. Uh, he was trying to give him a Norman day to um, make him feel uh, comfortable when they were in that town. And then they went up and saw all the dead uh, Germans that had killed themselves because they knew that they were coming to town, that the soldiers were coming to town. And then he felt uh, he felt he needed to give uh, Norman, uh, who was the newest guy on the crew, just brand new, wanted to try to give him some normalcy. Um, and he took him up and there were two German women in, them, in there. They didn't hurt him. Um, but they, they had a kind of a, a a morning and had eggs and coffee and everything. Then the rest of the tank crew came in and it got a little darker. But, um, yeah, that that's what that was about.
4: Yeah, that was a very tense scene, you
5: know, because you just didn't know what
4: was going to happen.
3: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, the guys were filled. I mean, it was just it was very realistic in in the sense of how dirty everybody was. Like John mentioned, how muddy it was. Yeah, I just remember like the the scenes of the the tracks or whatever they're called under the tank when they have to go through yeah. mud and just running over bodies and stuff and the the fighting. It's uh, it's quite a even good the film.
1: cinematography was it was very bleak the way it was filmed. You know, it wasn't vibrant colors or anything.
3: So as a World War II expert, I mean, how realistic? I mean, I used to real. That's a real. Ta- that was a working tank, right? That wasn't a Hollywood.
5: Right, uh, they were all working um, equipment. Uh, in there, and when you actually go to Normandy, they have a, an American museum, um and they showed, they have tons of tanks, tons of weaponry, tons of rifles, everything that you can see that they actually use in the battle, so it's really neat. It's one of the best uh, uh museums that I've been to. Hmm.
4: Now, Eric, I just want to say, next time you're in Maryland, have you ever gone to the Ordnance Museum at Aberdeen? I haven't. Because they have... All these World War Two German tanks, Russian tanks, American tanks—you know—and artillery pieces, or at least they used to. I think they're probably still around. So next time you come around on the East Coast, definitely go to the ordnance museum. You will not regret
5: oh, it. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to see Absolutely. that. that scene, yeah, I, um, I just you get to love- climb on them. <laughs> yeah, done, I did that at the museum. They let you climb on them too. It was, it was oh, great. Oh wow! And. Um, it's it's funny because when you're in France, I don't know if anybody's ever been to France, but when you're in France and you're like in Paris, they're very rude to Americans. I mean, it's very stereotypical with the but like with the French, but as soon as you go down to the coast in Normandy and uh, and you, I've been to all five D-Day beaches in one day. Wow, uh, yeah, and they're the every store has a sign on it that says "Welcome to our liberators." So it's it's really neat and. People, you know, they'll give you a nice sample of wine, um, you know, or a little stick of bread or, or something, just to make you feel comfortable. And um, yeah, it's it's much different than in Paris. That's good to hear.
0: Wow, Chris, did you see Fury? You know, I have. I actually haven't caught up with this one yet. It's um, it's a movie I really need. And after you guys talked about it, I really need to see it. My actually, my um, my uncle uh, was in World War II and was a tank commander um my 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 dad's older older brother and uh you know he actually kind of wrote his memoirs and he talks about an incident with um a nest of 88s uh you know the 88 millimeter and uh he talks about an incident with that and it was it was it was it was pretty terrible because um you know he called in air support and it never came and they got the order to go so he they just they basically just as fast as they could covered as much ground as they could to get the 88s within their range. And, uh, he lost three tanks literally. So he was like 12 men. I think, it's, I think it was four men to a tank, right. Or was it three? Five guys. Oh, so yeah, he said he lost 12 men. Um, wow. and he never, he, he tried to find out what happened, but he never found out why, uh, why the air support never called. I mean, he called it in, he gave him the coordinates and it just never came. Um, probably just didn't have any available, but, um, but no, I'm really, I'm actually really interested. I just never got around to seeing it when it came out. Um, but now I'm definitely going to, it's, it's going to be next on my list as, as soon as I can find it somewhere. The, okay, uh, go- yeah, go the, the open field
5: tank battle scenes are some of the most intense that you'll ever watch, especially the second one they get in. I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but sure. the second one is even more intense than the the yeah, first, first one. But the first one, if you guys can remember who have seen it, when he made norman uh, <laughs> kill that German officer, yeah, yeah, and just uh you know it was, it was that movie was a struggle from from start to finish. It was, yeah there were no happy moments there were yeah, nothing, yeah. No, no happy moments no, anything there made. were no clean
3: moments, yeah it uh, it was relentless and I guess the actors were put through the ringer too, they had yeah. trained for about a month. And the director would have them fight each other before a scene would happen. They'd not only fight, but abuse, you know, mentally and physically abuse each other just to get in the right spirit of what they had to deal with. And all the press before, when you when you read about this thing, it was all about the method that Shia LaBeouf was going through. And uh Clean Sun- the other actors off. Yeah, Clean Eastwood's son is in this too. And I guess at one point God he Eastwood. was spitting tobacco onto yeah. the tank. And right. Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf were going to beat the shit out of him. And it turns out it was in the script. So these guys write each other. And John Bermenthal, is that his name? Punisher? John Ber- the Punisher. He's in there as well. I mean, the actors they put in here are guys who, and, and Brad Pitt was 50. That, that part was supposed to be for 28-year-old.
5: I know. <laughs> if you look at that one scene when they're in the German women's house, he takes his shirt off. He's got 14 abs.
3: Oh, he's like, <laughs> he, took, he took his shirt off and once upon a time in America, I almost fainted. I mean, even him, <laughs> even him driving around in that uh, car he had, you could see his muscles on his arms. I mean, he's just amazing. It Cost a lot
5: of money to look like that.
3: Yeah, of course, but he kept up with everybody during all the training, so oh. I give the dude credit. So you know, and, and the movie David Ayers, is, you know, he directed. I think the Suicide first, Squad, the first Suicide Squad, and uh, you know, he he's got a good look, and he like I said, he put the guys through the grinder, but it shows on the screen for sure. I mean that that yeah, that is a realistic film. You know, there's no, you know, there's no normal, like, patriotic kind of Hollywood stuff. It's pretty severe.
5: Well, the opening scene was one of the more violent scenes that I've ever seen, like the opening of maybe not as intense as Saving Private Ryan. But when he, uh the German officer is coming on the horse in the beginning and their tank is pretending like it's broke and he has to jump off the tank and stab him in the eye. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll set the tone for a movie. Yeah, that, that does it. So, yeah, yeah. I actually have. Um, here's a, a quick tidbit, if I may. Um, I actually do remember um, remember when they were in the town after they took out the German resistance there in that town, and um, and uh, th- he took them in to see the the German people that had killed themselves because they didn't know they were coming, and he gives them uh, a quote. Because Norman's obviously very down about it, and he says um, ideals are peaceful, history is violent. Yeah. And yeah, I actually I actually have a tattoo of that. Oh, oh really? Man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's
1: so that- weird because uh, Ralph has a tattoo of Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. You know, Get him of off cool. you
3: Ralph! Get him off! <laughs> Listen, Brad Pitt's in a couple of my World War Two. Well, one of them anyway. Yeah, your uh, dreams. Yeah, he always is. But <laughs> well, I, I, I don't remember a lot of details about the film. I can't remember. I probably saw it two years ago, maybe three years. You know, COVID screwed me up. COVID. We've been home for two years now. So for all I know, that movie came out five years ago. What year did that one come out? Um, I got it right here. I could tell you. More. 2014, Right. So that's hmm. when I would have seen that. Uh, i just remember how visceral it was and Very visceral. unlike unlike saving private ryan i could only i could only watch saving private ryan once i can't watch that film again um particularly not- the scene the stabbing scene up in the where they the the german stabs the, the soldier in the heart i just can't deal with that <laughs> yeah be quiet yeah i'm i'm putting this but this one i just i'm going to have to watch it again cuz i remember it being really good and i just i haven't seen it in forever i just remember Tank treads. Is that what they're called? I don't know what the things are called Uh, at the bottom. uh, Treads. Just going through the mud and these guys having – there's scenes where they have to, like, tow that or pull that thing out of that stuff. And they were all disgustingly dirty and everything, and you knew that's what they were doing. They were living like that. Brad Pitt even mentioned that they're out in the woods and no food, no water, no nothing, and they loved it. It was raining, and they just were all into the whole spirit of the thing. So um seems like a good representation of what was going (laughs) on. My
5: favorite. My favorite.
3: That's good. That's good. All right, uh, John, what's your one film? Well, How many you got?
1: Well, I picked one, but I struggled with this because there's so many movies, World War II, that I love. Like, yeah. uh, I recently saw Hacksaw Ridge. Right. Look, the thing about these war, these World War II movies and World War I that I love is when ordinary people do extraordinary things. And Hacksaw Ridge, I never heard of this guy, Desmond Dawes. Never heard of him. Didn't know his story. Then I saw the movie. And it, it was miraculous what the guy did. And I started to go on YouTube and look up all that stuff. And then uh, to hell and back with Audie Murphy, who was the most decorated World War II uh, soldier. Um, and there was stuff in the movie that they, they didn't put in that really happened because the producers felt like people aren't going to believe that he actually did this stuff. And his, his story, and he had PSTD. Uh, PSTD. PTSD. He, he really, PTSD. He struggled a lot in his later life. But uh, when you see he took him, his own life, he, he took what? Well, oh, no, I thought he died. No, I he died. In he plane. No, plane crash, I think. But he, he struggled toward the end of his life. And uh, when you look at him, he looks like a 12 year old boy. And the stuff he did was just incredible. And also, one of my favorite is The Great Escape. I just love that movie. But what I picked was when I think of World War Two, I always come back to Band of Brothers, uh, which is Stephen Ambrose's book, which I also read. But the thing about the miniseries that I loved was, you unlike a two-hour movie, you are completely invested in who the characters are because you're with them from training camp through the end of the war. And because the series was so long, you, you grow an affinity for these characters who at any point could die. And the other thing they did narratively that I just loved, uh, they had the real members of Easy Company in between the shows talking to the camera talking about what happened in relation to the episode and they never let you know who they were so you knew the characters in the show but you didn't know who the older guys were till the very last episode where they showed the actor and then they and then they had the names of the real people and i'm even getting chills talking about it now because when you think about the stuff they did, especially uh, the character played by Damian Lewis, uh, proud to who was, uh, oh, I can't, now I'm Cap Winters. Cap Dick Winters. The stuff he did is amazing. And and the love and admiration that Easy Company had for that guy was incredible. So at the end, when you see him talking in the camera, and, you know, he was the one that uh, got the revolver from the German general when they... Uh, when they surrendered Uh, and he told the general to take it back. He didn't want it. This guy was humble, um, but, but, but it was brutal. You never knew who was going to die. It, and because of the pace of it and the length of it, like I said, you really get into each of the characters. So when somebody dies, it's, it's actually pretty shocking. And it's, it's got a lot of weight to it. Not that it doesn't in a two hour movie, but you've been with these characters for six episodes. All of a sudden they're gone. But, again, and the other thing they did at the very end, they, they did a little documentary where some of the members of Easy, Easy Company went back to Bastogne and the Battle of the Bulge where they walked through the woods where they actually fought. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. And the production values, you know, it's produced by Tom Hanks and Spielberg. The cast is, is the first time I ever saw Damien Lewis in, and he was brilliant. The cast was mostly English. There were very few Americans. In it. Bless you. But it was uh, it was brilliant. I watch it uh, every Memorial Day. They they uh, HBO uh, w- runs all the episodes. I watch it every time. I just love it, and uh, when, uh, and that's the one when I think of World War Two. That's the one that first comes to mind.
3: And that came out of their collaboration on Saving Private Ryan, right? And yeah, he kind of did that. He did, and it was space. in two thousand and one. It came. Yeah, out he did in the 2001. space thing too after Apollo Thirteen. So Tom Hanks yeah. is really invested in this stuff. I have not well, seen it. I, I, you haven't seen Band of Brothers? I have the whole collection uh, on wow. my server. I just haven't wow. haven't watched it all the way through. Um, on laser LaserDisc? I I don't think they have that one on laser disc. But uh, if they did, <laughs> I would have it. No, it's on my it's on my server. Uh, so yeah, I mean, everybody that that talks about it raves about the show. <laughs> um,
0: it's um, at, uh, you know I got to agree with John on this one. It's it's legitimately one of you you're literally talking about. You know, cinema quality, you know, production values and, and, and just quality talent there. Yeah. And it is, um, it's moving. It's powerful. And then on top of all of it, you're like, Oh, yeah, this was pretty much all real. I also read the book, John. And, um, you know, while obviously there's some license taken and, and certain things are expanded and, you know, <laughs> condensed. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it is well worth your 10 hours. Yeah.
4: Look, John, I have a question. Yeah. Did you see the Pacific and how do you think that stacked?
1: Up? You know what? I watched only a couple episodes of the Pacific. I, I didn't get into it like I
4: did, uh, Band of Brothers. I keep trying to watch the Pacific. Yeah. I'm really interested in the Pacific War now, but it's, it really doesn't grab me. I think I'm more interested in the sea aspect than the island. Is it the yeah. same,
3: same idea as, uh, yes. Band of Brothers?
1: Yes. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. The- I actually should watch it. I should try to watch it. Uh, I- but
0: it didn't grab me right away like Band of Brothers did. Um, I watched The Pacific. I watched all of it when it first premiered. And, um, I can say this. I think part of it is that, you know, Band of Brothers follows Easy Company. Right. The company of the 101st, right? Um, The Pacific is based on three separate, uh, memoirs, essentially. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of like, you know, the characters change, they come, they they start with one character, and then he disappears for a while, and he comes back. And there's a lot of kind of that kind of stuff. So there isn't quite the narrative flow yeah. um, that you have in uh, Band of Brothers. Plus, let's be realistic, Stephen Ambrose is an extremely talented writer, in addition to being a great historian. Um, so it just kind of lends itself to a really, um, a stronger Cinematic. experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I I mean, I I remember liking the Pacific. It just didn't quite hold together uh, as as strong as a story. You know, and part of that was because it was more uh, disparate.
5: Right.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, though. The fact that you're with the same group. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they branch off a little bit with some people who just came in. But for the most part, it's easy company all the way through. So as you see them get whittled away and, and mm-hmm. the last episode where they wanted them to go on patrol and the one guy who was there from the beginning, he was all despaired. And that's when Winter said, we're going to tell him we went, but we're not going to go. I was like, exactly. And that really happened. I mean, this guy, I mean, it was, it's, it's, I just, Eric, did you, you've seen, I assume Eric. I've right? seen
5: Band the Brothers, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I, I thought it was great. It was um, a very comprehensive story you know like you said they you it really gets into their lives and it's it's more of a, a you know a personal drama than a, a yeah. war really i mean but they had great cinematography in the film yeah. and uh really took you inside those guys heads
1: yeah i mean they
5: put you like uh in in the battle of the balds
1: when they're when they're in the snow and they're in the trenches and stuff. I mean that with all the 88s blowing up all over them. I mean that you're you're in the middle of that. It's it's incredible, it really. Yeah, is. I've been I've been to the Arden forest as well. You have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, you know. So, anyway, De- Debbie, have you seen it?
2: I I know I have but I can't remember you know specifically what happened. Did we did I watch it?
4: That was me.
2: I probably <laughs> didn't. I will though. Okay. Okay.
3: Well, yeah, I got a I've never seen it. I, it's ten episodes, minutes. right? It's ten it's yeah, an hour. Ten yeah. Episodes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean I'll I'll have to take a look.
1: All right. And read the book. If you like reading books, read the book. The book is great. Yeah. The book is what great. if you don't know how to read? Well then
3: get the yeah. audiobook. That's me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a reader.
1: No, that was pretty All quick. Right. That was
3: quick, yeah. man. All <laughs> right. So uh Sean and Debbie, let's who do you want to select? Sean? Debbie.
4: Debbie
2: first. Sean, oh, you go first. Okay.
4: Well I just because we're at war. I decided to go with a lighter war film, of World War II. It's um, it's also probably the World War II film I watched most, other than Conspiracy, which I always watch at least two to three times a year. But it's uh, Kelly's Heroes. It's a, um, some people would call it a World War II um, comedy. You satire. Know, it,
5: um, a Satire.
4: Yeah, satire. I mean, when the third lead, Don Rickles. Yeah, who do you, you know, got?
3: In? You got Clint Eastwood, oh, Telly Savala, Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. Uh, it was hilarious. Rickles,
2: Gavin McLeod. Gavin
3: McLeod. Gavin McLeod's in this one too.
4: Yeah, Moriarty, You know, we're always with the negative ways. Yeah,
2: I think I do. I don't know if I
4: it's have. A this it's, a yeah, right. it's a heist movie. Yeah. It's a heist movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a heist yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, there yeah. are genuinely like, real stakes. Yeah. when they get caught in the minefield, yeah. and one of the guys in the yeah. platoon gets killed, and then. Two additional ones are killed there. I mean, you know, so on one hand, it's a comedy. You know, it's a heist film. But there's also genuine real stakes. A lot of people don't like the film because the Donald Sutherland character, he's a hippie. You know, he's a he's a character from a Vietnam film. Yeah, it, who's finally stuck back it, in World War
3: <laughs> Is this the one where he has to fake that he's a general? No, that's uh dirty no, no, dirty. that's um, no. that's
4: Dirty Dozen. That's Dirty, dirty Dozen. It is. He drives the tank. He drives the he tank. He pilots the tank. Does Does he that's he all you know, he there's, like- there's a quote because they in the end they have to take one Sherman up against three Tiger tanks. And the only advantage they have is that it's a small village, and that you know it's hard for the tigers to maneuver. But at one point, the cam, the um, Sherman breaks down, and Telesavalas comes up. He's drinking wine and eating cheese. It's like, what are you doing? And he goes, "Ah, oh, the tank broke down." He goes, "Well, why aren't you helping them?" And he goes, "I only know how to drive them. I don't know what makes them work," which is. Anytime anybody at, like, Discovery or anywhere asked me a technical question, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. You know, I, I only drive it. I don't know how to make it. I only drive it, man. That's what he and, said. And there's another quote that I, um, I use all the time, too. You know, um, there's a point where there's a general who hit the Army is stalled, but these guys who are going on this bank heist 30, 30 miles behind the line, are breaking through and they're hearing their broadcast on the radio and the general decides to push in after them. And Carol Connor plays the general, another comic character and somebody, one of his men um, tries to get him not to go into the, um, to, through the breakthrough. And he says, history waits for no man, Jablonski. You know, and I find myself saying that a lot too, to people when they say, don't do something. I say history waits for no but there man. Are,
3: I, I remember there are stakes because people die. Don't, don't, People, yeah, people die. Yeah. yeah. Some of these people that you've been rooting for end up getting killed and probably saving the day. Kind of like the end of, uh, you talk about the Dirty Dozen where James, what's his name, or who's his name? Uh,
1: James uh, Brown. James Jim Brown,
3: Brown t- with the hand grenades down the little tubes. Um, well, only
1: t- only two of the dozen survived.
3: Right, right. So, and
1: uh,
4: know, but also, I, I do want to say this also has a great performance by one of my favorite character actors. Um, Harry Dean Stanton, uh, but he's only known as Dean Stanton in this film, and he just died recently. I think he was a hundred. I think he made a movie where he's the star when he was ninety-eight. But um, like in like in um, Cool Hand Luke, he does a lot of singing. You know, in this he has a harmonica. He sings a couple songs, so he's kind of like a folk hero, a uh, folk singer kind of a guy. And um, I always regret it whenever I went to Los Angeles because. Up until he was well into his nineties there was a place a bar where he would play one day a week where he'd sing and play the guitar and what was song guitar.
2: Don't Go Knocking My Dog.
4: Yeah, it was, Don't Go Kicking My Dog Around. Yeah, don't go <laughs> kicking my dog around. Good old blue don't. good Who dog. You- Who directed this movie? Just, uh, private oh operation. you know, I, I keep wanting to remember his name, but he was not he's not really a famous director. But I tell you what, he does a great job. As I was watching it this time, I was watching mainly the shot selection. it's like, you know, it's very, you know, he does. It's really well done, but he's not a really well-known director. Yeah,
3: the famous Brian G. Hutton. Yeah. (laughs) There you You go. go.
4: But this is a magnificent film. And I also almost picked the other one you mentioned, Ralph. Um, Davin.
3: You did Not, not, not. It's Gavin McLeod. Love boat. Love boat. I, th- I thought you were talking about yeah. Night Stalker. Oh,
1: you got <laughs> Darren
3: McGavin? Yeah,
4: that's what I thought. Oh, oh my Cloud. God.
3: And Stuart Mar, Yeah, they're all they good. Everybody's in this Mark thing. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. And from everything I hear, they had a great time making it, too. And the other thing I like about it, which I also like about Fury, and the number, and I know um, on uh, Chris's choices, they use real equipment. The German tanks are German tanks. The American tanks are American tanks. The other vehicles are all authentic to detail, you know, to weaponry. And um, it was shot in Yugoslavia. I think it was the first American film shot behind the Iron Curtain. And Yugoslavia had not changed much since 1944. So it looked really authentic. I mean, they had plenty of burnt, blown out buildings still there <laughs> to shoot the film in. And because um, I remember in the 60s, well, not the 60s, but a lot of the films that were shot in the 60s, like Battle of the Bulge and Patton, they would use, they were all modern American tanks and they would like make paint the American ones green and paint the German ones gray, you know, but they were all the same tanks. And even as a kid, that bothered me. So uh,
3: I, never, I really admire I, I, I it wouldn't film. even know that now. Yeah. yeah, amazing.
2: Well, you know the thing about tanks. And Eric, you remember my dad, your your um, your grandfather? Uh, yeah, hmm. built built a tank. Did you see the tank that he built?
5: I, I never got to see it. He oh. built a tank.
2: He built. My father built a tank. He was very very inventive. And uh, it was yeah. a child-sized tank. So oh, it, uh, yeah, it was, like, not a real tank. Uh, it was, long, long, long was kind it of was an washing. important
1: detail in building of the tank. Did it it shoot, a, <laughs> what did it shoot, tennis balls?
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> Actually, it just did. He built it with using a, um, a machine from a washing machine, I think, or something. Oh. But like it, the it, motor. It, it would grow go and everything. Kids loved it. Uh,
1: Sean, Sean, what year did that movie come out?
4: Was that after
2: uh, one
1: thousand, nine hundred and
4: seventy? The- I believe it was okay.
2: after. It was
4: after the Dirty Dozen, and I want to tell you something. You know, both Dirty Dozen and Kelly's Heroes played on TV a lot, and they and they were both long movies. They're both almost three hours long, and they split them on half on two nights. But at my local theater, the Arcade Theater in Northeast Baltimore, they once showed those two films as a double feature. Oh my wow. God! That was a Long double that's, feature, that's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that
1: was a great double feature. Yeah, but that's an appropriate double feature. Yeah,
3: two hours twenty four minutes. Yeah, it's a um, long
4: film. Yeah, and and Dirty Dozen is just a, just as long, yeah. maybe. Well, Nor- so, yeah,
3: Dirty Dozen would always play in two parts on television. I remember. Yeah. As a kid, um, and
4: you know, it's funny that was considered like like one of the great action films of all time. So it was Great Escape. But if you look at Dirty Dozen, it, it you know ninety percent of the time is building the characters. Right. You know it's so funny what is considered an action film that would never play now. First they'd have to have this huge pre-title sequence where you meet Lee Marvin, you know, killing all these people and all. You know. Right. It's, don't take the time for the character like they used to.
1: Well, they've been talking about remaking that for like the last 10 years. They're talking about it.
3: Yeah. But well, even I, as a kid, I, we grew up watching that. There was never a doubt that that's a great film, even as a you know, little guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, I guess. I don't know if you could sell that movie now. Because you first. have
4: to have an action sequence every 10 minutes. Ah. Well, and,
3: and they have to be a woman too. It's part of the dirty dozen. Well, that
1: makes they sense. Couldn't, they, they couldn't have all men. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. Hey, but look at it. Tully Savalas was in that. He was the psycho. Oh he, yeah, heroes, and um, Donald but Sutherland too. Was it was oh, it Trin- yeah. Trini? Lo- was it Trini Lopez? Yeah, yeah. And he, he was th- actually the one who was supposed to throw the um,
1: hand grenades right? But Frank Sinatra said, "Your musical career is dying. You have to get out of this picture." So he he left, and they ended up killing him. So all you hear about his character is, yeah, he died when he parachuted down. He got caught in a tree. Yeah, but you Which never saw it again.
3: Actually, no, they, I I mistake it. Uh, Rickles and Telly Savalas have been in a bunch of these, right? I mean, there's and Clint Eastwood even does like I, uh, where, Kelly's, where Heroes Eagles Dare, Kelly's right. here. Eagles Dare, Okay, that's right. So there's all yeah. kinds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Right.
2: Remain friends. They those guys remain friends after, well after that movie was made. Well, go on YouTube. Rickles, Rickles. Rickles
1: talks about Clint Eastwood all the time. Oh my you, God, making yeah. the making of this movie.
4: Yeah, um, we just watched. We're not saying what we watched, but we watched Mr. Warmth, the Don Rickles story. Oh. And, you know, Clint Eastwood's in it, you know, the documentary and all. And he said one thing. Um, Hilarious. You know, um, that he one thing he stole from Rickles was Rickles once goes to him, he goes, what, you know, giving him hell back. So I go, what do you think I'm Larry Dickman from Iowa? And um, Clint Eastwood said, wherever he goes, he goes, he's signed in the hundreds of hotel rooms as Larry Dickman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's in the movie. And one of his characters' name is, is yeah, and hilarious. the enforcer
4: <laughs> <He> Introduces <laughs> himself as Larry Dickman. Dickman. <laughs> I just saw him
3: do his but last interview, Rickles. Uh, Rickles with uh, the Godfather, uh, the Goodfellas. Goodfellas uh, director and uh, and De Niro. It was just a riot. I mean, right up till the uh, end, he was just uh, oh, he on.
1: was he was hilarious up yeah. until the end.
3: Uh, all right, good one. Good. So that's that's the World War II film that uh, yeah, it's kind of a sat, not satire. It's a bit of a. Hum, you know, humorous, it's World but, it, War II but, film. but it had some stake. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a precursor to what's that? Three Kings. What was that one?
1: Yeah.
3: Oh the yeah. One. George, George Clooney. Yeah.
1: Yeah. David O. o. Russell.
3: O. Film. Yeah. David O. Russell. Right. Right. All right, Debbie, what'd you get? What'd you bring? I put,
2: uh, Enemies at the Gate. Never saw that. It's a uh, World War II film about um, about Sondra. The, the battle of Stalingrad, yeah, and yeah. here, um, it's a heroes were the Russians now, um, they're uh sniping using uh, Jude Law as the expert sniper and to get these Germans and uh Nazis, you know. <clears throat> so, uh, that's where it's so prescient, you would say, Ralph. That today, I would say, that. yeah, the Russians are invading. Um, the, uh, German,
5: the Germans are invading uh, Stalingrad in Operation Barbarossa. Yeah,
3: yeah, so so it's it's Jude Law plays the Russian sniper. Ed Harris plays the German sniper. Right, that's really what it's about. It's about yeah. the two, those two.
2: And he he yeah. plays it so evil, Ed Harris. I mean, I don't think you hate anybody as much as you do when he, um, you know, did what he did to the child there. Uh, that, that was terrible, but um, yeah. I, I haven't
3: seen in a while. Does he shoot? Does he? Does he obviously no. he shoots a child? Oh,
5: he hangs, he hangs to him. him. He hangs him. Oh, oh.
4: essentially bait to bring out Jude Law because he knows he'd want revenge. Oh wow, the kid has been like a double agent. You know, he's a Russian boy.
2: But the kid is just a child, you know. The child doesn't understand what he's doing. So, so you know, do you
3: do you uh, do you enjoy this? Uh, what's so? Uh, this is a film that.
2: What about this film? I love yeah. is this. You know this. Uh, you know here it is. That war was terrible. I mean it was gruesome. I, I hear stories from. Men who been in that war, um, my ex uh, father-in-law was in the Battle of the Bulge, and it, it was just uh, terrible. I mean, it was just the conditions—cold, ice cold, no food. You know, you're working, you're working at war, twenty-four-seven. You don't get any respite. You don't get a, a break. You are in war. And I also know a friend of my, a, a co-worker, Irene her family was fleeing from the Russians and the um, Germans that she is Ukrainian and they had to go, her parents fled into the black forest and had to stay there for, I don't know how long, but I remember hearing these stories from Irene um, about, you know, how terrible it was, but that movie was uh, a great, um, it affected me because I, I thought it was, Stylistically done, um, intelligently done, and it really showed a lot of the undertones of the co- you know how cold it was, and how calculating you had you had to be to survive something. I mean, the the Russians were killing their own people for turning back on a desperate situation. So they were killed. They had to go forward and um, backwards. You know, if they went backward, they're going to get shot by their own people. So that's different.
5: where. The- that's where the uh, war in Russia, uh, Operation Barbarossa, that's where it got turned back and pushed yeah. back to Germany. You know,
4: here's the thing, is that book, there was a book called Enemy at the Gates by William Craig. came out in 73, I read it. And when I wasn't having a new screenplay to write, I would adapt the book, and I thought, I almost adapted that book because I thought, no one will ever spend the money. To make a movie about the Battle of Stalingrad, <laughs> and sure enough, they did. Sure enough. They called it Enemy at the Gates, but they didn't credit the book. They, you know, but if you look at the book, it said it inspired the movie because they that was a great book about the whole battle. But in the case of this, it co- concentrates on the duel between the two snipers, mm-hmm. the German sniper and the Russian sniper. The Russian sniper is big. German I mean Russian propaganda hero so the Germans send a sniper a their top sniper to kill him you know so you have over a million men fighting in this this horrible battle this was probably the worst battle of the war and you know in just sheer and, ugliness and
2: what they really wanted at that time because it was it was uh fruitless it was going nowhere they said what they needed was hope and that was you know what uh, the character Jude Law played is a, is a way to be a hero and to um, change everything, you know, and then uh, that's what I loved about it. It was like pure um, with nothing, you know, but just smarts, you know, to figure out smart, the enemy.
3: So Eric, when you say pushing back, who was pushing back Germans or the Russians, what was going on there?
5: So they're going into Stalingrad. They want it because it's, Stalingrad and Stalin's obviously the leader. And they, it was basically control of the Volga River and whatever section of Russia that is, Eastern Russia. So they threw everything they had at the problem. You know, they were getting outmanned. Um, But uh, like Debbie says, the the sniper uh, is what really changed the war around in this movie. And it's probably not too far gone from real life. But <clears throat> that's as farthest as the Germans got. And then they pushed them back from there and uh, pushed them all the way into Germany.
4: And what Debbie saw was true. They really did. They had to shoot their own men to get them to go into there. Because it was a slaughterhouse. You know, people yeah. did not want to go in there. You know, so uh, the Russians... You know, and, and like Hogan's Heroes or any German movie you see, you know, or World War II movie with the Germans, they're all afraid of being sent to the Russian front because they didn't want to be sent to, like, Stalingrad, which yeah. was, you know, it was just it was just a slaughterhouse. Wow.
5: Well, yeah. in, in the opening scene of the movie, it tells you how intense it is when they're getting, when the boats they're taking across the Volga River keep getting strafed by the, the German fighters and... Whoever got off the boat then, the first person that had got off the boat, um, they gave a gun and some ammunition. The second person just got ammunition so he could pick up the gun when the other guy uh, was taken down. So that's pretty intense.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
5: oh, Lord. Uh, War is
3: hell. This is, this is a weird time to be doing this. I'm not going to lie. Actually, it's an so, appropriate time. It's so, it? it's so strange. Because I'm hearing about Russian... Soldiers emailing their mother going, I don't even know why I'm here. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And We're, we're attacking other Russians. I mean, they're going to places right. where people – it's just crazy. Okay.
2: It's got to um, stop. It's got to stop. And I think by, by the, the, um, the Ukraine standing up and having courage and mustering that courage and, you know, all the prayers going out for that country being attacked like that so viciously for no reason – and it's and it's it's. I got to say the word bullshit. You know, I mean, I don't I don't usually use that kind of language here, but I'll say that
5: it's bullshit. I yeah, say it with you. Thank you. Yeah.
2: it's like they're they're attacking something unprovoked, unprovoked.
3: I think and, they I think he got he got sort of bamboozled. He thought he'd be going in there as a liberator, and yeah, people like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Oh, who? Oh, oh, Putin? Putin? Yeah.
1: No, I think I think Putin thought it would be over in two days.
3: Right. He thought that they were just going to open up and go, "Okay, we're done.
1: Yeah, that they were going to cut off the head and they they weren't going to put up any kind of resistance. It totally I mean, they're still listen, they've got the they've got the the power that they're going to they're going to take it over. There's nothing you can can do about it. But no one ever thought it would take this long. Yeah, and, this is going to
4: even if God they love win, the Ukrainian people, lose. Yeah, well they even right the Russians win, they'll lose because they're, they're going to be North gonna Korea be insurgency. They're the going to be North Korea. the puppet government.
1: They're, they're going to be completely shut out from everybody. So they're, they're screwed. The yeah. ruble's are already worth nothing right now. All right, we got to move right. on though. That's right.
3: A, oh, thank you, John. I appreciate the
0: direction. Well, sometimes right. you get a little off. All right, track. Chris, what's your film? Okay. I, um, I brought a, uh, one of my favorite World War II films um, called A Bridge Too Far. Um, it's based on Cornelius Ryan's um, excellent history about uh, Operation Market Garden, uh, which happens, you know, in the middle of 44. Um, and like the opening kind of uh, narration says, the idea behind this, uh, you know, operation was essentially to bring the boys home by Christmas. Um, and, it's 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 essentially it's a about a three-hour film uh it's directed by richard attenborough and it is um amazingly directed it stars basically everybody who was anybody yeah. in the seventies yeah, i was just gonna say, with the exception yeah. of steve mcqueen um who <laughs> i think he actually was up for a role in it but said he didn't want to do it because it was such an ensemble piece um it's really one of those movies when you look at it you're like you just watch it, and every five minutes, another person pops up, right. and you're like, holy crap. Yeah, these
3: were the days when they were doing that kind of thing. And he had just probably done Towering Inferno, which is another one of those yeah. where everybody's in it. Great so.
5: yeah. Jim Brown's in that, too, isn't he? I'm sorry, what was that? Isn't Jim Brown in Towering Inferno, too?
3: I don't know. No, is Jim Brown in there? No, it's uh, O.J. plays one guy in there. O.J.? I don't know the, yeah the security Eric, don't guard confuse, the security don't guard.
1: confuse oj with jim brown okay <laughs> <laughs> I won't do
5: that.
3: yeah so bridge too far 1977 richard is attenborough that, is he the actor in uh great escape is that Richard? Attenborough? yeah jurassic yeah. park jurassic, jurassic park right park. okay yeah
0: and the great escape he was x right right yeah. yeah he is um anyway so the the film you know chronicles basically what is a bit of is a bit of a debacle um as the, you know, the Allied forces were pushing forward so hard, um, it was a massive parachute campaign, and the idea was to basically go in and take a number of cities and, um, cities and bridges in Holland. And if they got these bridges, they would have a path right into the, um, the industrial heartland of the Rhine, and then the Germans would have nothing left. Um, and basically through some bad luck, Um, It really goes wrong, but it is a fascinating story. Um, And one of the things I love in this film so much is that it, it captures this weird kind of British officers' esprit de corps, to, for lack of a better term, in the sense that there's this whole attitude that the British officer, you know, I don't want to miss the party. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be the easiest party we've been ever been to, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. There is this kind of this attitude about not a fun and games about war because they're they're realistic about it, but the way that they kind of. Buck each other up constantly. And um, Edward Fox plays this one guy, um, uh, General Horrocks, who's the commander of the British Armored 30 Corps. And he just has this, and apparently in real life, he was this larger-than-life character that was funny and engaging and knew all of his men's name and was just really great. But like I said, it's it's fascinating because it, it kind of takes market garden and it looks at it and it was something i had never learned about or knew about from that war you know because it was kind of the last disaster in europe really um and, and it really comes down to and the british paratroopers really are the ones that take the brunt of it they basically the idea is that they you know all these paratroopers drop in they take all these bridges and they hold them for a couple of days but of course everything gets delayed and delayed and delayed and, you know, Sean Connery plays the general of the uh, British paratroopers in Arnhem, which is the very last and farthest bridge. Um, and it just kind of, and there's a lot of that kind of whole idea about, you know, um, you know, defeat is an orphan. Victory has a thousand fathers and defeat is an orphan. There's a lot of that vibe to it. Um, but I highly recommend it. It's really well made. It's not quite as... um graphic is a lot of films from the later 90s and into the 2000s that was a
1: big budget movie oh gosh it was huge i mean and it's
0: literally one of those films where you watch it and you're like when they say cast of thousands they're not kidding like you know it's it's funny you watch it and you're it's obvious they've duplicated some of the planes and the parachuting but they literally got you know hundreds of men jumping out of parachuting down and there's just these these really huge sequences and and like I said, when you're watching it, everybody's in it. Anthony Hopkins is in it before he was really Anthony Hopkins. and you Lawrence know Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, uh, Robert Redford shows yeah, Redford, up at one point. Henry
4: Fonda. Uh, Ryan O'Neill. Uh,
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, Ryan O'Neill. There's Elliot so Gould.
4: A,
1: a Mad Michael Caine. Remember Mad, Mad, Mad Ron World? Connor. Where they, you know, all the celebrities would show yeah. up for a little bit. That's what it reminded me of, except the in, serious yeah. version.
3: That's what I mean. I don't know. With this film, I mean, it's two hours and it's over two hours and it's like 255 three three. or something. It's another long one. Uh, yeah. It just feels to me like st- I remember seeing this in the movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think if I remember correctly, don't they all? They don't get to that last bridge or
0: something. I forget. No, it's, a, no, it's okay. the last bridge. They don't. They don't quite make. They yeah. They yeah can't. It's it's I just libretto. don't know
3: if just this oral. film would even. You know, nowadays it would never. Like you're talking about action scenes and things like that. I just feel like all this stunt casting. Well, I, I think if, uh, I, if
1: they were to do it, they I don't think they'd go full bore stunt casting because I think it's got more gravitas when when you've got a bunch of no-names yeah, with a few. Yeah, yeah. you Because know, I'm sure when people saw the movie, it became who's in it versus yeah. the movie itself. Well, that's mm-hmm.
3: a 70s. Those are 70s films too, and they, they did that. In the, yeah, but
0: this was better than most. Earthquake, and yeah. remember all Everybody that stuff? Everybody was yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. But the, thing is, with, yeah. 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 the <laughs> thing is, with this film, I, I feel like Talk the about people gravitas. that were in it, Um, you know, they were all kind of at the top of their game, you know, Ryan O'Neill, Robert Redford, Elliot Gould, Michael Caine, Gene Hackman, um, you know, you, and then, then there's a whole slew of other, you know, Maximilian Schell, Hardy Kruger, you know, and like all of these guys show up in this film and it's really, it's, it's layered, it's complex. There's a lot going on. And then, you know, you know, you talk about how I, I felt like they were able to develop these characters, pretty quickly. And, and it's not, it's not a super graphic film. You know, there's not a lot of gore, um, but there are people that are, you know, but the, the weight is there because, you know, the, the loss of human life, especially when, um, you know, you see, you know, civilians, uh, especially in, in, in Holland and there there's a, you know, there's just a, it just is a really exciting film. Um, It's, it's sad and it, and it kind of obviously and in its own way, it's an anti-war film. You know, just kind of the foolishness that, that people get up to. Um, but, but all the, all the while behind the idea of, you know, let's bring the boys home for Christmas, you know, that they tried this crazy thing that was probably a really bad idea. And there's the great line is at the very end of the film, which is interesting where, you know, one of the guys, um, General Browning is British. He's like, you know, I always thought we tried to go a bridge too far. Um, the funny thing is, is that. In the movie, he, he seems to shoulder a lot of the blame in the film version. Uh, but when I read the book, he actually says that, or at least in the book, in, in, in Ryan's book, he's, he's quoted as saying that very early on, um, which kind of changes his character completely. While even from the beginning, when Montgomery came up with this whole idea, he was like, I think we're going a bridge too far. Basically, he's like, I think we're, we're trying to shoot the moon here, and it's too much. Um, but i can't recommend the film highly enough uh it's got it's one it's 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 just uh it's got a million things going on. oh my gosh james khan is in it too um, it's just like literally every gene dude hackman of- gene hackman's you know, in it yeah he plays a, a polish, polish guy <laughs> <He's> <laughs> i i a haven't polish seen it in a long time. i haven't seen it forever i remember right after the podcast right. it's <laughs> yeah. on um it's on hbo max i believe it right is now. It just, it literally seems to skip from Netflix to to Amazon to HBO. And what always happens is that somehow or another, it's like, it pops up in my feed and I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to watch that now. But plus it's, you know, I've seen it, I've probably literally seen it a dozen times. It's really one
3: of my favorites.
1: I haven't seen that. I I will highly highly recommend
0: it.
3: Okay.
1: What was that, Sean?
4: I hate to get all equipment porn again, but once again, very accurate detail in it. I know Ralph is usually the one who gets into equipment. Oh yeah, like, God. like audio <laughs>
3: equipment and video equipment. I don't know anything about World War II planes or tanks or anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue.
2: It's, have you it's, finished,
3: it's, speaking of which, have you finished article, whatever that archive 81? I oh.
4: I, I did. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The hero yeah. is a PXL 2000. <laughs> so the Fisher Price camera becomes the hero. But anyway. Uh, All right. Well, I brought a film, but I'm going to talk about quickly just two others before I talk about the one I brought. I'm obsessed with German Nazis and Hitler. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. It's crazy. So I love the film. I don't know if you guys have seen Downfall. about Oh, yeah.
4: The Untergang.
3: Yeah. Bruno Gans plays Hitler in the bunker. Uh, It's just an amazing film. As a matter of fact, that meme you see of Hitler – Whatever the thing is, Hitler's in the bunker screaming about it. The one we watched is when the Patriots won the Super Bowl. He couldn't understand how Tom Brady's so good. It's that meme you do with Hitler in the bunker and they translate it for whatever they want to happen. That's yeah, from Downfall. The reverse of that is Inglorious Bastards, which, yeah. uh, you know, I know it's alternate history. My boy Brad Pitt's in there. It's a Tarantino film. I, I just love the aesthetic of that film. But the one I want to talk about Sean brought up, which is 2001's conspiracy.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, mm-hmm. uh, starring Kenneth Branagh and um, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, Colin Firth is in there. I, I can't I can't name all the actors and I can't name the who they were playing, but it's based on the Vansa Conference in January Bonzi. of night. What's it called? Vansy Vansy co- uh, Conference, January 1942. It's when these guys all sat around a table and talked about the final solution talked about exterminating 11 million people around the world, not just in Germany. And it's a very, like Sean said, he watches it two or three times a year. This is a film that I can put on and just get absorbed by it. It's so fascinating to watch these guys sit around a giant conference table. That's all it is. People sitting around a giant conference table talking about exterminating 11 million people as if they're planning some office party or something. Very technical, uh, there are some people based, in there based what the, on
1: actual transcripts, right? Based on there's
3: there's, yeah. there's a mystery about you know because Eichmann is that his name? Is that who Stanley T- Tucci was playing? Yeah, Eichmann. Eichmann. Okay. So he they, they took notes during this whole thing, but then they wouldn't let anybody take any notes, and he translated all the notes. And I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff, and he I guess he was put on trial, right? He lived, I mean, crimes, put on trial, yeah. war crimes. So he's explaining the translations he made don't exactly talk about what they really said. I mean, this movie is brutal, <laughs> the way they explain how they're going to... Exter- uh, first they say evacuate, and then evacuate became the metaphor for exterminate and how they planned it. And Branauer plays the main guy who's a direct underling of Hitler, uh, who basically says, says, Hitler, this is what he wants. And there are some, there are some people in there having trouble uh, with the situation. Uh, Colin Firth plays the, the scientist who came up with the blood idea, you know, how you determine who's Jewish and who's He's not Jewish. was a
5: lawyer?
3: A lawyer. The law, there were a lot of lawyers in the room. This is the thing. Most of these guys were lawyers. Anyway, it's just a very matter-of-fact film about how these people came up with the final solution. And, and there are lawyers in there. There are soldiers in there who are who – are, you know, one guy said he shot 42,000 people. How do you explain that? How do I talk about that? What do I do? I'm, a, I'm just a soldier doing my job, and this is what you're asking me to do. So there's different levels of how that's affecting people. Right down to people just, you know, slamming the table. We can't. Let's get rid of them. This is great. We're gonna, uh, you know, how they came up with all their plans to gas them and, you know, rolling vans that they, carbon monoxide, just horrible, horrible stuff. But it's done in such it's so well written that i'm just fascinated by the mechanics and the way the germans were able to compartmentalize you know how they turned this into a very precise you know trains have to run on time kind of deal uh and and what they did to 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 murder 11 million people worldwide and um, you know this is 1942 so i don't know how far along you know i don't know when the russians invaded berlin i don't know where we were to, how close we were to the end of the the
5: war at this point not close. Forty-two. Okay. They, they were starting to stall there in North Africa.
3: Okay, so that's early then. Forty-two is early. Okay. I don't know if anybody has seen this film, but yeah, it, it, it. it's so well written, so well. The, just, I think just what amazing. was so
1: disturbing about it was they could have been talking about. That's uh, what I mean. a, a rat problem. Right. Uh, it was. Just, it, he and he used the right <coughs> phrase. It was very matter of fact. Yeah. And they were coy. They were also coy about how they referred to the Jewish people. uh They didn't really refer to them as Jewish people. It was like this separate thing that they were talking about, without really saying it. But it was just so straightforward. Like like if you didn't know what they were talking about, you just couldn't believe that that's what the discussion was about. Well, it was just it was you really- you
3: say coy. Some of them they were, were coy. A coy. Some yeah. of them well, were coy, some weren't. And then there'd be these side conversations, like even Stanley Tucci, right. who you kind I don't because he he got physically ill at one point when they were talking about how they would have how they would gas people in cars. And it looked like it affected him. But then he goes on to tell this story about how he meets a rabbi and he wanted the rabbi to teach him Hebrew and just the callousness with which he explained that story right. and what that guy could have done. It's just you go, oh my god! And 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 the whole time, Brono's in there bragging about this home that it's a be- it's shot in a beautiful place, and it's 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 homes that they took from Jewish people, uh, that he's going to live in after the war. I think he died. You know, they do a hole at the end. They do. He
5: was
4: murdered by partisans.
3: Okay. Uh. And then uh. I, you know, as I di- as I always do, I deep dive and I just have been watching more information about this, and it's just the calculated. You know, nature of what they did is just so disturbing. Well, and it's also, great? it's also citizen against citizen. This is the other thing that just talk about prescience right now. Citizens were turning in each other to have them shot and killed and all this stuff. And you, and you sit there and you go, that could, you know, that happened in Germany. That could never happen. And you go, well, wait a second. It might, it might be able to happen even now. And it's a little bit freaky. Um, but this is one I could watch two, three, four times a year. Um,
4: well, to me, the thing that two things always strike me about this movie, one, is that people always say prejudice is a is a matter of ignorance. But everyone in that room, I think, except one, the guy from the State Department, yeah, had a had at least a college had at least a degree. Most of them were PhDs or masters. Yeah, that, even the soldiers, they were an incredibly well educated group of people. And secondly, how few of those people paid for what they did? Mm. A lot of them ended up, you know, not being punished at all for for these perhaps the worst crime in humanity.
2: Yeah, and a number of and them the, got away with it. The point is the 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 over civilized quality of their lives. You know, like they were so living big, large, and they were their souls were so small. You know, their their. You know, civility, they they had none.
3: Well, even the way they were breaking down, you know, even if a German married a Jewish person, the kids, if they have Jewish blood in there, they're Jewish. Get them on the train.
4: Depending on how many grandparents.
3: Right. It's it's amazing that breakdown. And I was watching another like a TED talk where they actually showed those charts. They showed the doctor's charts and it's just devastating. Um. So it's it's a fantastic film. If you can, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's an HBO film. It's on yeah, HBO. It's on all. You can watch it anytime. Have you
1: got, Eric and Chris, have you seen this? I have not. I have not. Oh, it's it's disturbing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I actually know a lot about. Um. A li- well, I won't say a lot, but I've I've know a, g- a decent amount about Adolf Eichmann. Um, he was essentially the highest level. He was the highest ranking uh, Nazi to escape really. Cause he was the second in command of the SS. And like, obviously this movie talks about, he was kind of the project manager of the final right. solution, Right. And, um, he was the guy, they actually made a movie a couple of years ago, starring Oscar Isaac about his abduction in his abduction and bringing back to, um, Israel. Um, in, yeah, that's
5: a great story with the Mossad. Yeah.
0: yeah. In Argentina. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, yeah, it's funny. The, um, the, the Mossad agent, I actually, um, he, you know, he, you know, I was, it was ghostwritten but he has a, his biography or autobiography. Um, I got it signed by him. It was pretty cool down in DC. Um, uh, but, um, but yeah, so Eichmann was like, you know, he was like the highest level guy. There's actually a movie just about the trial. Um, I forget what that's <laughs> called too. I'm sorry. I can't remember any of the names of these movies. Um, but, uh, there's a lot about that guy cause he's, uh, what happened and you know he was living in argentina for like 20 years oh, wow. and they found him and they literally just one day drugged Drug- him <laughs> snatched him right off the street <laughs> and then kind of in a, in a wonderful sense of irony um the way they got him out was they made him up to look like a really old person and really sick um, and they were basically like he's a very wealthy jewish man um, who's very old and who's going to die, but he wants to die in the homeland, oh, and that's wow. how they were able to get him out of Argentina because they didn't have any like papers for the guy. Right. So uh, they don't like know the a,
3: name of that film because now you know. Um, like I said, it's Oscarized. I
0: think it's called like Operation Finale or something. Okay. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, so, it's, it's oh. Operation
5: something or other.
0: The yeah. boys from Brazil.
1: I know that. Well, that's <laughs> oh. that's what I was just oh, thinking geez. of. Right, it's the cloning one. You know, yeah,
5: yeah. That's
1: another <laughs> one. No, there's great documentaries. I don't know if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime uh, on on hi- how Hitler came to power, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating. And then the people around him, where they everybody around him, they do one episode mm-hmm. and talk about that. It's really really fascinating. Wow, and that's he- listen.
3: Downfall. If you watch that, you know they're all in there. Goebbels is in there, and what Goebbels' wife does to her own children. Yeah, and yeah. All the people that are. Dying by suicide in that movie. I mean, it's right. just all over the place because that's the when, the when Berlin's getting run over by the Russians, right? That's who's coming in, oh, yeah. was, was the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. The so, so it too. all connects. Uh, anyway, so it's not a happy film at <laughs> all. It's very, very disturbing, but it's so well done and so matter of fact that it just kind that's of the thing about It's it. horrifying. It is. Right yeah. down to the, they're, they're buffeting, they're eating food during yeah. the drinking wine, and just, it's just horrendous but uh yep. very 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 well I have,
5: done i have a great story about berlin let's go so, <laughs> all right so i get in the cab and um i'm in berlin for the first time in germany for the first time and i uh tell the uh, cab driver uh take me to the reich Chancellery." he's like all right well we really don't call it that anymore but <laughs> 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 he took me over there so I'm, I'm walking around the place walking around and then i get to uh, a section that is covered by plexiglass and, and everything. And it's where Adolf Hitler was incinerated by mm-hmm. his own people. Um and then the kicker to the story is my dog is named Berlin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Take it's me uh... to the Reichstag. Oh we don't call it that Eddie. He knew what it was though. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, we do, I
3: do, I'm going to get a little serious about this for a sec because uh, we do, you know, this whole thing that's going on now with, with people talking about our history and, and how, whether we should be ashamed of our history or not. But I have to, I have to admit that when I think about German people and I had a German neighbor who I asked, do you ever feel guilty about what went on long before she was born? But that that that, ha- that was able to happen in Germany. And, you know, as I did the deep dive in this one, I realized how these neighborhoods just turned – you turned on your neighbor within. It's just – it's astounding what we can do to each other. And I guess that's what I – that was my takeaway. It's not a good way to end this thing. But, um, you know, it's just – it's and seeing what's going on now in the Ukraine, it's just – it's so – just just horrible and um uh, anyway that's it uh,
1: before we end on a really sad note i want to make it a little bit sadder we always uh, bring up people who've passed away in the business and a week ago ivan reitman passed and sally kellerman just passed uh, from nash hot, uh, lips. hot lips ralph and i did and star trek she was on star trek too oh. uh ralph and i did a show about ivan reitman but i uh, just wanted to say rest in peace to both those um uh, I don't know how old Sally Kellner was. She was older than Reitman, right? She was, was in her nineties,
3: I think. In her 90s. She
1: was in her nineties? I think maybe. So so rest in peace to both of them. Yeah.
2: And not to mention your revered uncle.
1: Oh well, yeah. Uh, my uncle also passed. Very sad. Um, Very sorry. Thank you. To hear uh, that. But he uh, it was uh, a
3: day, it was a they had a nice I don't want to say nice was, funeral, but it was a life no, no. Affirming it, it was
1: it was a funeral that he would have loved.
3: Yeah. It was amazing actually. So
1: but oh, uh, yeah, so right. thank you for that, Debbie. I appreciate it. All
3: right, well, now back to business. <laughs> uh, we got to spin the wheel for for the next round robin. Oh, gonna Slam so right. so, anything, Eric? Hey. Thank you very much. I'm not saying yeah, you should Eric, go. You should stay for the spin, but appreciate spin you joining awesome. us. Yeah, thank
1: you,
4: Eric. The
3: amazing thing, like when <laughs> we do these when we do these round robins, it's amazing how many films there are that we could have brought. I mean, yeah, you know, you think could. about. You know, we none, none of us brought Saving Private Ryan or Dunkirk or, you know, some of these amazing films, the 1918 film, that one shot deal or whatever it was. So right. there's so many films That's we right. could have talked about. And it's nice to hear what, you know, what it is, the ones that kind of, a, you know, that you wanted to bring in. It's it's always fascinating.
5: Well, thank, you, thank you for having me, guys. If I think yeah. of a if I think of something else, I'll, I'll try to create a show. There <laughs> you <laughs> go. Man, you're I'm in. glad somebody's doing that. <laughs> 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 All right. Here we're oh, gonna spin oh, for oh, next oh. week.
3: Let's see. He was bored. No, I'll just spin it. Okay. Can you guys see the wheel? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh conspiracies. This is uh this will be good. I
1: this
3: think I know what good. I'm
0: gonna do. Already you know? That's I it's awesome. just you know, i, wow. I I, well, I don't know. I may not. Uh, I what do you not. just
3: tell me what you're thinking? I'll tell you what I'm going to bring if you tell me.
0: Uh, the I, I the Francis Ford Coppola font film, uh, the conversation, starring Gene Hackman.
3: Good one. Oh, Good one. Great
0: movie. I'm going to bring one, one of
3: two. I'm either going to bring Three Days of the Condor, or
0: <laughs> the literally f- just watch that again.
3: Or the Parallax View.
4: Oh,
0: my God. Oh, gosh. you took the – No, part. no. All if
3: right. you, you want to do Parallax, I'll do three days. So you tell uh, me. Parallax. Yeah, three you want to do Parallax? Parallax? Okay.
4: I want to do Parallax.
3: Okay. I'll do three days of the Condor. This is going to be a tough one. I don't even – Okay. You two want to leave it as a surprise? Okay. I
1: don't – yeah, because I don't know what I, don't know I would, I would pick. Right. I know.
3: Well, it's actually a movie called The Conspiracy Theory or something with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. and Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: Julia Roberts.
3: There's so many. There's so many. So.
1: Yeah. Are they all in the 70s? Uh, the
3: <laughs> ones we picked the good ones <laughs> yeah.
4: i noticed that 70s were the king of the conspiracy movies yeah. so all right i'm gonna have to think about that yeah. one. Arlington Road. i
3: love the conversation i can't wait to talk about that one so yeah so all right guys That's, good one this was a good one sad good yeah, touching. yeah.
0: hey i, I will i will leave, strength leave you, with you with strength to the Ukrainians. Ukraine. Yeah, yeah let's go Ukraine. very true
3: you'll leave us with leave what you
0: um, I, it's a, it's a, it's a small little slightly happy story. Uh, it's no, it's actually a very happy story. Um, it's, um, I mentioned my uncle who was in world war II, uh, earlier, he was in for the entirety of the, of the war. But as he put it, the army was pretty good to him. He was stateside like four years. He saw a couple months worth of battle, uh, action during the battle of the bulge. He said that was enough for him, but literally true story. He was on a troop ship leaving England, um, going to the Pacific theater. That's what he was doing. You know, he was on a troop ship with a bunch of guys and literally like a day into their journey, they got the word that, uh, Japan had surrendered and literally they went from going to somewhere in Okinawa as their destination. They made a hard right and went to New York city. Wow. Um,
4: Oh, I got even a better story. It was one of my cousins. He told me that's a great story, but my cousin was in the United States. He was shipped out to go to Europe. Uh-huh. He's in the army. The war ended in Europe before he got there. They diverted the ship, they diverted this ship to the Pacific. And the Pacific War ended before they got there. Uh-huh. So he just took an around the world cruise. Well, we got a great story. My father's in the Air Force in Korea,
1: and he was stationed in Bermuda.
3: <laughs> uh, he would do uh, package run lick, liquor runs to Bermuda he was, and back.
1: he was a mechanic on all the big yeah. planes that we flew need. In we there. need some beer, Ralph. So he, he was doesn't... holding the front <laughs> in Bermuda. Right. So there so. you go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody, listen. Let's go, Ukraine. Right, Ukraine, stay yes. strong, Ukraine. Yeah, stay strong, stay everybody. Strong. Have a good stay week, strong. John. Good luck on your job this week.
1: That's right. Remote from North Carolina, my first hey. remote broadcast.
0: Oh. Exactly.
1: Are you in Charlotte? I am in Charlotte. Yeah, nice. Is Rose with you? No, no. This is all work here. So I got I got on the plane. It was twenty nine degrees. I got off the plane. It was seventy. Beautiful. That's nice. Beautiful.
3: Well, have a safe week, everybody, and we'll right. see you next week for conspiracies.
1: Sounds good. 101st Airborne. My nephew Max. Yeah.
3: That's my son. <laughs>